Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In, the podcast where we talk about what's going on in our brains instead of what's happening outside. We're your hosts, Steffi Predmore and Megan Myers. This week's episode, Networking. Hello, hello. Hello. What's new this week, Megan? Oh, not too much, I don't think. I mean, I talk to you all the time, so it's hard to be like, this thing is new. This is true. This is true. When you talk like 87 times a day, it definitely puts a little bit of a dull on. (laughs) Yeah, it's more like, did anything happen in the past two hours? No, (laughs) it didn't. Well, so... I just finished putting um, the socks on the dog for the second time. So he, our German Shepherd, I'm pretty sure has some sort of food allergy. That's not like a common like grain allergy. I think it's a protein allergy. And we're trying to figure out what it is without having to pay like $500 at the vet. And, but the problem is that it makes his skin really itchy and he chews on his skin and he's been chewing on his back feet. So last night I put some of my socks on his feet so that he couldn't bite them. And he looked ridiculous, but also adorable and also (laughs) was so embarrassed, but it worked. So I told him this is going to be a nightly thing. So tonight before we came in here to, to record and I left him in the room by himself had to put his socks on him and he just looked at me like I hate you to <laughs> be fair why <laughs> <laughs> to be fair Royce always kind of looks embarrassed mm. so this is true he's super he's the mopiest dog I've ever known so it's really par for the course that he would just mope about the socks being put on his feet but it probably didn't help that they were like my polka dot socks and <laughs> it could be worse it could be worse it's true <laughs> so I'm the crazy lady that puts socks on her dog so that he won't chew his feet. I I mean, you, you got to do what you got to do because it's not just that he's probably going to end up getting sores and everything on his feet, but that is just animals like making noise with their bodies is In so the obnoxious. In of the night. Yeah. Because it's always like when the cat wakes me up. And then I'm awake, and then I can hear him chewing on his feet, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm going crazy! And it's like, <laughs> it's not a very loud noise, but it's just enough noise that keeps me from falling asleep and makes me feel like I'm going insane in the middle of the night. So it's yes. as much for him as it is for me, right? <laughs> I think that's like the definition of being a mom, though. Is um, like probably. doing things for the good of your children, but also so they don't drive you completely insane. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that is very, very true. Not to not to compare my dog child with human children, but sometimes they're in the Venn diagram of life. Sometimes there's some crossover. Yeah, it's a pretty big overlapping circle. It's true. <laughs> now, the other day I was in the shower and having my deep thoughts as I do in the shower. Always. And I was thinking about podcasts. Yes. And a question popped into my head. And now I'm like inquiring minds, a.k.a. me, want to know, what was the first podcast you ever listened to? Because the first one I ever listened to that I remember 
was a podcast about Lost, the TV show. Oh, wow. <laughs> which I... was a thousand years ago. So. Yeah. So also a thousand years ago, Joy the Baker and Tracy from Shutterbean had a podcast. And oh, that's, yeah. That's the first one that I listened to, which is was very similar to ours, where they just chatted about different topics and sometimes they had topics and sometimes they didn't but I always thoroughly enjoyed it because it felt like I was just chilling with my girlfriends I actually never listened to that podcast I'm a horrible person well <laughs> now you've lost your chance because I know they don't do it anymore I bet it's still around there somewhere I'm sure in like in this world of the internet I'm sure that you could probably still find it but probably I did, so I did very much enjoy it but I do find it funny that your first one was about lost um yes my coworker told me about it and so then we would both listen to it and then we would discuss it afterward love that it's great yes. <laughs> You're your pre-Steffi. Yes. Pre-Steffi work wife. Yes. <laughs> well, this week we are going to talk about networking, which as an introverted type five Taurus is basically my most anxiety inducing scenarios. Yes. But networking is a crucial skill no matter what industry you're in. And every job that I've ever had, I've gotten through networking. So let's start off with talking about what networking actually is. I mean, when you really boil it down, it's making connections. That's, yes. <laughs> I mean, okay, podcast, the- podcast done. That's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> like at the most simplistic, it's making connections, which is Great. It's the how you're getting there that's the terrifying part for those of us who are introverts. Yes, especially if you um, are told over and over and over, you need to network, you need to network, you need to have your elevator pitch, you need to introduce yourselves to everyone. That's the really horrifying, like, I'm going to say something wrong kind of situation. And that's what I've had to get past and figure out that because I'm not very good at that. I will be the first person to tell you I'm real shitty at that kind of networking. And I've had to figure out what kind of networking I am good at and what kind of networking makes an impact for me Mm -hmm. and sort of shake off what people tell, like, say networking is supposed to be because... I think especially when you're in college and you're new into the career world, you're told like, oh, you're supposed to go to all of these events and cocktail hours and happy hours. And you're supposed to hand out your business card and, you know, do that elevator speech and, you know, schmooze. And Mm -hmm. I'm bad at the schmooze. I'm real bad. I hate the schmooze. Oh, I hate it. I I hate hate the schmooze. I hate the small talk. I hate, I don't, like, it's not that I don't necessarily care about who you are or what you do but it's just like you started off with just like there's there's no easy way to jump into it without Mm -hmm. being awkward and I'm the kind of person that really wants to listen to what people say so that I can craft the right response Mm -hmm. but because I 
listen very carefully and I think so intently about that, usually my perfect response comes five minutes <laughs> too late. <laughs> yeah, it's like a very, you have to be like a quick thinker, quick thinker and uh, have a snappy response for things. And sometimes I am that way, but it, it feels like a lot of pressure. And I used to think in college, like, oh my God, I fucking hate networking. This is the worst because that's what I thought networking had to be. Mm-hmm. And I've since kind of figured out what it looks like for me in my personality type. But before I think before we get to sort of how we both approach networking now, um, let's talk about why. why. Why network? Why is networking important? Why are we told we have to do it? <laughs> Well, like I said, I have managed through all odds to get all of the jobs that I've ever had through networking, Mm -hmm. basically. Um, So I think the main reason is that if you want to um, move ahead in whatever industry you're in, if there is a certain certain job that you're looking for, if you want to make new friends, if you are, you know, looking for somebody to work on your house you have to network mm-hmm. you basically it, it basically comes down to you just need to get to know a lot of different people mm-hmm. it so which i think if you approach it from that point of view rather than like the you must pitch yourself situation if you're just yes. getting to know people that breaks networking down more into like a palatable situation yeah i agree i agree and it's the same, I've had the same situation with the exception of my very first job out of college, which was with AmeriCorps. All of my jobs have come because of connections that I've made through networking. Mm-hmm. So, which is great because I haven't really had to update my resume <laughs> since <laughs> I got out of college. I uh, mean, they do ask for it, but... Sometimes they do, but it says it's not like a, oh gosh, I have to make sure this is like the perfect because I'm sending it out and I'm applying for jobs. Like, that right. hasn't... I have not, knock on wood, had to do that in a very, very long time um, because of the connections and the people that I've met and the relationships that I have established. And I think you're right. When you think of it more as getting to know people and establishing relationships with people, it really starts to look a lot different and be a lot less disgusting than what we think of when we think of the word networking. Right. Um, I feel like I had more to add to that, but I guess I don't. (laughs) I guess I just said it all. I guess so. (laughs) So, you know, I know for me that... There, I get like I've said, I don't do the whole go to happy hours and schmooze thing very well, and so I've had to figure out what works for me. But I want to hear what works well for you first. Well, so one thing that I do when I do go to events, um, I generally try to find other people that are kind of off by themselves. Oh, uh huh. Because I feel like they are probably feeling the same thing I am, probably equally as um, nervous and or awkward. And while 
that might not necessarily make for the best um, kind of conversation situation because uh, neither one of you is essentially leading it. (laughs) Um, I feel like it's an easier way to kind of ease into it a little bit. Mm -hmm. I know other people like to jump into somebody who is obviously very outgoing and gung-ho and can do all the talking from both sides. But if you are really, really nervous about it, I I think that seeking out the other people that are also quiet is probably a good strategy. Yeah. Um, I do that at parties too, actually. Like even with people that we've known for a really long time, I kind of just like sit in the quiet area by myself or like with one other person and have a conversation with one person because I think the main thing I don't like about networking is that feels like you're supposed to be talking to so many people at once right like a big group of people and that you're supposed to kind of be putting on a show for them yeah and so I feel like if I'm approaching individual people it's less of an all eyes on me situation Mm -hmm. and more of a one-on-one connection which Mm -hmm. is what I really prefer and what I'm much better at anyway yeah and that way I can focus on that actual actual person and what their story is and then sharing my story instead of trying to impress like the six people that are around us. Because yeah. what I do when I'm in those big groups is that I, I watch the other people talking and I watch all of them watching the people. Yeah. And that situation makes me makes me very nervous because – I see them like not listening and looking around for other people and like, like, I don't know. I feel like when you're talking to someone that you should give them all of your attention Mm -hmm. and that's why I don't like those big group situations. So I recommend seeking out individual people. Yeah, I I agree. I feel like sometimes those big group situations where you feel like you're supposed to talk to a million people can feel very those interactions can feel very insincere. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that that's something that you and I both like struggle with when we mm-hmm. are interacting with someone and we can tell that they're being kind of fake or insincere. We can s- both sniff that out very easily and it is very much a turnoff to us. So when that's probably my biggest struggle with events where you are supposed to be like making all these connections but I think you said something it like valuable of what is the real depth in those connections that you're making. If you're if you leave a, a party and you have 12 business cards from people, mm-hmm. did you make a real connection with those people? Like are you they gonna go home and really remember who you are versus maybe you, talk to two or three people throughout an evening but they really remember who you are and they actually think later down the road oh you know what I actually met this gal Megan at this party and I know that she um, used to be you know she's a food writer and that you know whatever it might be that you talk about that leads to 
another meaningful connection, I would rather have those two or three really deep connections than the 12 very surface level conversations where they may or may not even remember you. Yeah, that's exactly it. I am terrible at remembering people's names. Mm -hmm. But if I have a conversation with somebody where it's like, oh, yeah, Steffi, she told me this crazy story about how she put socks on her dogs. (laughs) Like, I'm going to remember that. I'm going to remember what you do, or I'm at least going to remember who you are. And I'm going to be like, oh, what was it that she did? Dig up her business card, look her up on the internet, like get that deeper connection made in terms of like you know telling a personal story about yourself and just something that will make you you know stick out among all those people instead of just being like my name's Megan I'm a food writer I live in Texas bye like and let's be real like if you're meeting me at an event, you probably are going to hear about how I put socks on my dog and if you are also a dog person who has like a high maintenance animal, you are going to be like, oh my gosh, tell me about putting socks on your dog because I had to put socks on my dog. And then we're going to talk for an hour about putting socks on our dogs and be best friends by the end of the evening. And that, because I do feel like another sort of misconception about networking is that you are going to an event and you're networking and the only thing you can talk about is work. Like, that's what you're supposed to talk about. And that's Mm -hmm. the only thing you talk about. And you have to ask people what they do. You have to ask people, you know, what company they work with. And that has to be the center of every conversation. And every meaning, truly meaningful connection I've made at a networking event has actually been because we were talking about something in our personal lives that we had in common, whether it is having dogs or whether it is, you know, in my case, adoption, or living in the middle of nowhere, or having curly hair. Like, these are all literally things that I have had real, like, conversations with people about. But they remember that stuff. And I remember that about them. And that's led to, oh, hey, sending you an email. Oh my gosh, it was so nice to meet you. And, you know, I just remember the name of that hair product that I was telling you about. Wanted to send you the link. Also, let's, you know, connect on LinkedIn and I'll be sure to look you up if I ever need anything, you know, influencer marketing related or whatever it might be. Um, Those are totally valid things. So don't feel like it has to be only work. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, not to be too far into the like, oh my God, so cute realm of things, but like I've definitely had conversations with people because I liked their outfits or their earrings or whatever, but like that's just kind of the easy way to get yourself starting the conversation. Yeah. And then it can, you know, evolve from there. If you, if you're, you know, if you're from the Midwest, you like to say, you know, like, thanks, it was only $5 a Target kind of <laughs> chat. <laughs> thanks, it has pockets. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you start talking about your love of Target or how much you love pockets or fashion in general, and then right. just goes down a rabbit hole. So you just need like that one thing that doesn't have mm-hmm. to be like, well, I manage uh sisyphean tasks for spreadsheet owner whatever mumbo jumbo you think is important 
granted, there are networking events, which Steffi and I don't go to, we'll readily admit, <laughs> that are that are really networking events for people looking for jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the same stuff would apply. Yeah. I do. I feel, yeah, I feel like if you're really going to make an impact on someone, having a real connection with them is the way to do that. And maybe that's just because that's my personality and how I remember people. But, Mm -hmm. you know, you can list off your your major school and your top 10 best skills. And I may or may not remember that. But again, if I have a conversation with you about, you know, if if you compliment my curly hair and you say, how, you know, what products do you use? I struggle with, you know, my hair. It's really curly and I don't know what to do with it. I'm a t- I will, I will tell you how I do my hair. I will give you all of my secrets and then we can bond a little bit. Like, I will remember you. So even if I was the a person looking to hire someone at an event, like I don't, I would just, I would rather have that a deeper connection than I am candidate number 452 and here are my five top skills, like snooze. Right. Like I, I hate small talk so much. I remember when in college especially and then even some after college it was like well what was your major what is your major what was your major i'm like i don't what does it matter first of all i changed my major like four times in college so (laughs) like that doesn't really explain who i am Mm -hmm. as a person Mm -hmm. uh especially if you think about you know all the people that were no no digs on i mean i love I love English majors. I love psychology <laughs> majors. But let's be honest, how many English majors or psychology majors are like working in those fields today? I mean, I was a Spanish major, so... There you go. <laughs> I'm just saying. I like to read books, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, it's just, I, there's a lot of useless information that people feel like they have to be like, well, this is how I'm going to get to know you. It's this one trivial fact. And that's not exciting or, you know, like I, it's not that I need somebody to ask me something provocative, but if you're just asking a boilerplate question, like what was your major in college? Like that doesn't show me you're remotely interested. Right. Right. Or that you're remotely interesting. Right. Either one. Um, You know, so one of the other things I know that you mentioned like listening as being a super important skill to networking and the and I want I want to come back and talk about that in a second but one of the other things that I think is really important about networking is to not necessarily go into it wondering what you can get from it but to be equally or possibly more invested in what you have to share with someone. Right. Because I think we do go into like, oh, I'm going to network and I'm going to get so much out of it. But you, again, if I think if you go in with that mindset, you're going in in a very insincere way. I'm going to go in, I'm going to get something, and I'm going to peace. But I think if you can go into it 
And you can say, okay, what do I have to offer? Like, what do I have to offer someone that I meet? If I get into a conversation with someone and we're and, and we, you know, get into a half hour long conversation, is there some way that I can help them? Is there a way that I can introduce them to someone else that I know? Maybe it's not directly me, but maybe I know someone else that I can introduce them to that would be helpful to them. Um, and I think when you can approach things in more of what do I have to offer than what can I, what do I stand to get? It changes the conversation and it makes you inherently more valuable and by you and you do end up getting things out of that does that make sense yeah and I think if especially for events where you can kind of scope out who is going to be attending ahead of time Mm -hmm. if you look at it in sort of a like okay so I want to meet with this person why do I want to meet with this person it's not just that you know I want to work with them but you get down, think more about the nitty gritty of why that person would be good for you to meet with. Why would that person be good for your business or, you know, your personal growth or whatever? And then what, like exactly what you're saying, like figure out from there how that jives with what you know and what you are able to offer them if it's like a mentee situation, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, doing some work ahead of time in terms of figuring out exactly what's going to be on the table. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that and I and I also think when you go into it with an open mind that a good connection could come from anyone. Yeah. So you go into it I and you think, "Oh my gosh, I have to talk to all of these like the big fish." There could be a little like minnow that you are thinking is not worth your time to talk to who has a father who is the president of the company you want to work for. Like you you literally never know who somebody knows or what secret skill they may have. Like, you know... You, they could be a Megan who have like 87 secret skills that they are like secretly experts in. And you could be like, oh my God, now I know somebody who knows all of these amazing things and they can help me figure out that I maybe wouldn't have talked to this person before. So I, I think it's that's an important, like you never know who you're talking to. Maybe you are talking to someone and they don't, the job they're doing is not applicable to something that you are doing. That doesn't mean they're going to stay in that job forever. They could go work somewhere else and go to another company and be like, oh, hey, I remember meeting Megan at this thing. And actually, I think she'd be really helpful for me here. Or I think I have something valuable to to provide to her now, whatever it is, just don't write people off. Yeah, I think it's important when you're meeting those people to be meeting them for who they are, not for who they're working for. Because you're right, you have no idea where they're going to be going next. And when people leave jobs, they take their list with them. Yep. So you don't know who's going to be the next Oprah or the next Ellen. Yeah. And also, you don't know who is listening. 
mm. out there. So mm-hmm. I feel like that is a really good reminder just in general when you're meeting people or talking out in public or anything like that to be the kindest version of yourself that you can be. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. <laughs> just don't. Like, I know it's hard sometimes. There's a lot of shit going out there in the world. But, like, people talk to each other. Mm-hmm. There are blacklists. Yep. It's not a lie. Yep. <laughs> like, even in the blogging world, like, they exist. Absolutely. They and do. everyone talks to each other. So even if you don't think that you're actively networking you are totally networking so i want to circle back to the listening thing because Mm -hmm. i think this is a really important point so i want you to tell us why you think that listening is possibly the most important networking skill oh well (laughs) because you can't learn anything about a person if you are not actively listening to them Mm-hmm. If you're just standing there trying to pitch yourself and not taking in what they are giving back to you, mm-hmm. then first of all, you're wasting both people's time. But also, it's disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. And people notice when you don't listen to them. Yes. They notice in the moment. They notice when you decide to follow up later on and you don't understand what's happening they notice when uh you they see you talking to somebody else across the room and they can hear you talking about you know the things that they think that they just learned from you that they didn't Mm -hmm. um i think it's just super super important not just in networking but just in general these days people aren't listening as well as they could Mm um our friend Jamie has some statistic it's not a statistic but she has some ratio that she was telling us about in terms of like listening and talking situation and it's she calls it like the power of the pause when you're mm-hmm. ne- she uses it for negotiation but basically you need to leave that breathing space for other people to talk because if you're just rambling on and on and on and on and on and trying to pitch yourself and not letting the other person get into word edgewise, then what's the point? Right. You're not going to learn anything if you just stop and don't talk for a minute. Mm-hmm. The other person will talk <laughs> because people don't like silence. Mm-hmm. It's really awkward. And if you leave that opportunity open, you don't know what could come next for you. But if you just keep talking, you're kind of... I mean, you're really putting your foot in your mouth because you there's just not a chance. Absolutely. And I know, you know, when I've, I've been on phone calls with potential clients and when I stop and I, I ask them about their business and I ask them about what, you know, goals are looking to me and I listen to what they're to what they're talking about sometimes that changes my pitch Mm -hmm. so you know I might give them a little bit of a rundown of you know what I do and services that I provide but then I want to hear from them about their company and even if I've been reading their website and I'm familiar with things I still like to hear it from them because sometimes they'll say things that spark something in my mind of you know what 
I we offer this other service or you know here's another way that we can help you and if I hadn't taken the time to like really listen to what they were saying I could have missed that opportunity so when you're just gung-ho pitching yourself and not listening you could be missing opportunities yeah, I mean, it could be something as simple. I feel sorry for Royce for bringing this back to him again. But like, <laughs> you know, you're unfortunately, your dogs make a lot of noise on calls sometimes because they're rude. Yes. But um, you, you know, you explain what's happening on the phone call. And I feel like that's kind of a situation. If I was on the phone with you, I'd be like, oh my God, I had dogs growing up, blah, yeah. blah. And we'd have a great conversation about dogs. And then maybe you would happen to have like some sort of pet company that you were going to be working with, or I was looking for a writing gig with a pet company and you'd be able to make that connection because yep. you had learned that I loved animals because your dogs are making noise. Like there's just yep. a lot of different opportunities and that I've, can present themselves and you have to be able to be flexible. And I have had that where, you know, the mailman happens to come and even though the mailman comes at the same time every goddamn day, Anya has to bark her brains out about it. And so the mailman will come up on the porch and she'll lose her mind. And I have to say, I'm so sorry. We work from home, like blah, blah, blah. And up to that point, like the person has been very formal and almost like standoffish. And then as soon as I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. My dumb dog's barking at the mailman. They're like, oh, my gosh, it's so it's okay. I work from home, too. Or I have big dogs, too. Or, you know, whatever it is. And suddenly there's like a wall that's been taken down. Yeah. And it changes the conversation. Suddenly, like we've got something in common and they've warmed up. And... Where before I was like, oh my God, this this call is going to be so long because they're so standoffish. And like suddenly I'm like, oh, I don't want to get off the phone with them because they're so great to talk to. Yeah, I think we've all been on those calls where it's been like, oh, this is not going well. And mm-hmm. then a baby will cry in the background and then I'm immediately like oh your baby oh like how is she okay yeah exactly so I think just finding those opportunities to remember that other people are humans and Mm -hmm. we are humans and how can we make human to human connections instead of being like robots yeah and obviously like if someone is pitching you and they're being very um you know serious about their product and giving you statistics and stuff like that obviously that's still a situation where you want to be listening to what they're saying and not just all of a sudden go back be like oh well our company does blah 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 or whatever it is you're looking for but having you know, like, because there's that elevator pitch that everyone talks about that you must have your elevator pitch, you must have your elevator pitch. But I feel like that elevator pitch actually bogs people down too much. Yeah. Because it doesn't give you that room to talk to people about other things. Mm -hmm. Because if you have your 15, 30 second, however long they say it's supposed to be now, pitch about something where you're very, very specific about what it is you do, you could be closing yourself off to a lot of other different opportunities. Yeah, you have to be able to pivot. Pivot! Pivot! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, 
I absolutely, absolutely agree. So I feel like the I feel like the TLDR version of this is don't be a dick. Mm-hmm. Learn how to listen mm-hmm. and don't be afraid to make of personal conversations. And it doesn't have to mean that does not have to mean that like you have like a personal conversation. No, I mean don't start randomly asking people about their children or if they're going to have children or start talking right. about your own pregnancies or and like rant don't do that. <laughs> Like that's this. It's probably not the time. There, there may be an occasion where having like making a very personal connection is I, appropriate. But most of the time, we're talking about like don't be afraid to talk about something that's not work. Yeah, I want to segue. I want us to give this brief story because it's hilarious. I'm not going to name names, but <laughs> a few years ago, I put on an event. And there were, it was the, the last night of the conference and everyone was drinking, having a good time, hanging out, chatting with each other. And there were a couple people who I actually it was a group of, it was a group of like four people, I think, uh, two guys and two girls. Um, they were deep in conversation and I walked up to them and it turns out they were talking about breastfeeding. So these two guys whose wives were pregnant and the look on their faces <laughs> was like terror. <laughs> so don't do that to people. Don't do that. Read, know your audience, like read your audience. Like if you're talking about, about your your milk supply and the person looks horrified maybe just cut that one short like don't don't let this be like a leslie nope situation where you like just keep rambling because you're nervous like just just cut it short i mean there's a time and a place and neither of those is in a bar no but um i mean it was memorable but maybe that, not for the right reasons. Maybe not for the right reasons. You don't <laughs> want to be remembered for the wrong reasons, guys. It's important. Oh, yes. You don't want to be that person don't who I do I do remember who it was. I'm just not going to say. You don't want to be that person associated with that for the rest of who knows how long. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, Megan, is there are there any last like thoughts or tips you want to give about networking before we talk about what's bringing us joy? Well, I just want to say that as an introvert, there are other ways to be networking. Mm-hmm. Like I said that we, you know, we don't go to, you know, re- industry happy hours. Uh, we often go to bed early when we go out to conferences. Hashtag grandmas um, for life. I mean, come on, guys. I've, I I've been with early. you all day. <laughs> uh, but there's lots of other really good ways to in- to network if you're an introvert. Um, and that's called social media. Absolutely. Because you're networking on social media all the time. Yes. Um, Facebook especially, uh, if you're in Facebook groups for whatever your industry is or your neighborhood or just a group of people um those are really great to jump in and chat with people i feel like 
you know, those random threads where people are asking questions about stuff, if you just are hopping in and being nice and answering questions, you're networking, even if you don't think you are. Yeah. Eventually, people will be like, oh, yeah, that's Steffi. She knows how to answer my questions. Yeah. I really appreciate that. She's probably good at other stuff. Um, the There's one job that I have right now that I got because I am in a local mom's group with the person who had it before. Yeah. And I, like, barely knew her. But she knew that I was a food writer and like just immediately thought of me. Yeah, it was crazy. So groups like that are really good. Um, I don't really do play groups or anything like that. Or I guess my kids are a little bit old for that now. But when they were younger, that wasn't my thing. But if that's your thing, those are awesome. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think... You know, you don't have to feel like you have to go out and get dressed up and be nervous and have sweaty palms and too much, uh, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. I was going to say too much sweaty, which I just said sweaty. So, <laughs> See, just thinking about it is making it your makes brain me nervous. mush. <laughs> <laughs> Talk in front of people. <laughs> uh, yes. uh, yeah, all those wonderful social media things where you can hide behind your computer um, it's actually good for something sometimes. Absolutely. So similarly, I guess my, my last thought would be, you know, Megan says, you know, whatever, like social media groups you're in, um, and make use of those. Mine would be, you know, if whatever personal interactions you happen to be having out in your daily life, those are opportunities for networking. Um, And again, like not in a salesy way, but you know, if you have a local coffee shop that you go to all the time, like if you might get a chance to know the baristas or you might get a chance to know the owner and you never know when that might come in handy, just being a friendly person and, you know, saying hi and smiling at people and, you know, letting them get to know you. Um, When we needed to throw a fundraiser for our adoption, um, we had some friends here in town whose brother owns the local coffee shop and they were willing to let us use the space and for free. And our friend came in and he made all the food for us and, you know, donated his time for free. And I was, I had all of these folks that I knew that, own local businesses that provided silent auction items. And so it was, you know, being able to pull together this event just based on the network of people that I knew just around town because I had taken the time to do a little volunteer work or just say hi or, you know, get to know people and hang out at a, you know, taco night or whatever it might be. So there's lots of different opportunities. And again, you just never know like where the next connection that you need will come from. So just just, uh, the power of the power of being nice to people is even though, you know, sometimes I do enjoy my resting bitch face, the power of being (laughs) nice to people (laughs) is really valuable. So that's that yeah so let's talk about what is bringing us joy this week megan what is it for you 
Uh, this week, my blog is bringing me joy. Oh my gosh, it's like you're a real blogger. I know. I mean, like halfway a real blogger because <laughs> I I really like doing all the content stuff, but I hate doing the promotion, which is basically like you're supposed to do like 25% content and 75% promotion. Ugh. So I'm really only 25% of a real blogger, I suppose. <laughs> Maybe may, I'll maybe I'll give it a, I'll give it a generous fifty percent because I have a lot of automations that yes. handle my social sharing. I think it's more than that because I know that you you know do research on keywords and you SEO optimize your posts, and so I I feel like you're doing much much more than you know fifty percent of a real blogger. Well, we'll see about that, but. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's a lot more difficult to be a blogger these days. There's a lot of competition and everyone yeah. knows so much more these days. And there's a lot of people who come into it already knowing more. And like, whereas the people like me who have been blogging for 1200 years, like just stumbled along grasping at whatever like ladder rung we could reach to right. figure out the next step. And it's, I feel like for a lot of people, it's all laid out, but the point is that the past couple of years, I haven't been posting that often because I've been busy and I haven't really felt the vibe or whatever with my blog. And I've been getting back into it lately and it's been making me happy again. So Yay. I'm going to hold on to that for as long as I can. Absolutely. When the, when the passion strikes, like don't, don't sit on that. Yeah. It's yeah. been great. Love How about that. you? How about you? Um, I have a new cozy sweatshirt that's bringing me a lot of joy. Ooh. So the sweatshirt actually I bought as a fundraiser for an organization called On Your Feet Foundation, um, which provides services and support to birth parents, um, which is a really needed um, service as we, you know, adoptive parents you know, we're trying to move, well, I hope that we are trying to move from being the most dominant voice of the triad to listening to adoptees and birth parents more. And so I think On Your Feet Foundation is a really important um, organization that is helping to uh, address some of that and to help with some of that post-placement support. So the sweatshirt was actually part of of a fundraiser for them. And it's a super cute sweatshirt. And it is hasn't been washed yet and so the inside is like so soft and fleecy and I forget every time I get a new sweatshirt and I put it on and I'm like oh my god I forget how wonderful it is like before it's been washed and it's just so soft it's the best and that is really awesome group um and it makes it a bonus that they have an awesome sweatshirt but yeah. also I'm a little worried that you haven't washed it yet only worn it like twice okay <laughs> um it's fine <laughs> it's fine i'm All going right. to wash it this week okay, okay. megan <laughs> just making sure i do my laundry i mean i know that we've talked about my laundry issues in the past but that is not the doing of the laundry that doesn't bother me it's the folding of the laundry that i'm real bad at so i mean i feel like through this podcast i found out very interesting facts about you and now i think maybe you're kind of gross <laughs> god damn it she's learned my secrets <laughs> I just, 
only sort of okay at being an adult. That's really the that's really the main issue. That's all right. You have plenty of time. I have lots of time to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless my heart. Well, next week we are going to be chatting about our Harry Potter obsession with a special guest, and I am so excited for that episode. Yes, it's going to be so good. It's probably going to be a thousand hours long because we won't shut up. That's, you know what? Bring it on. (laughs) (laughs) So grab your wands and standard book of spells and join us back here next week. Until then, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and listen to us on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. Talk to you soon.